good to me. I like to shout and tell the world that he's been so good to me. Oh, set my feet on a rock and stay, oh Lord. He's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. like to shout and tell the world Here brought me out of the miry clay Set my feet on the rock to stay Oh Lord, you've been so good to me On the rock to stay, oh Lord, you've been so good to me. Praise the Lord. Can we sing? Can we sing one more song? Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's all worship the Lord today. that your spirit will touch our minds. We know there's no distance in prayer. And Lord, you can, from this location, reach out and touch your children everywhere. Lord, we commit your people, wherever they are, into your hands. And in our midst here today, every child of God, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts and enable us to serve thee fervently, Father. Bless this service we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. I thought uh, trying to get back to our normal kind of worship uh, would be a good thing. Jesus 
had an encounter with the woman at the well of Samaria. The Samaritan woman at the well of Sychar it was. And um, he spoke to the Samaritan woman and he was very precise in making some statements. Um, long conversation, I'll try to cut it short here. And Jesus, when they had an encounter, he asked her for water, you know how the story goes. And she said, how can you being a Jew ask of me a Samaritan woman? Well, it was God's way to reach on to the Samaritans. And when you read the Acts of the Apostles that uh, Philip went up to Samaria and seemed to have a revival, well, Jesus started that work uh, long before Philip even was ordained as an elder or a deacon to go into Samaria. Jesus started that work because he met this woman of Samaria and had a strong conversation with her. And she went on in and brought the entire village, the Samaritan village out. Even though the Lord had commissioned his disciples when they went out to preach not to go into the uh, villages of the Samaritans, not to go to the Gentiles, but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, God had a plan, uh, already had a plan for Gentiles. And that's where you and I come on in, that we with a Gentile background, we with a, a, a background that the Jews had one time rejected seriously. God in his goodness, when Jesus came to his own and his own received him not, he turned to the Gentiles, you and I, to give us an opportunity that we could be grafted into this. We, the wild olive branch uh, tree, could be grafted into the true vine, Jesus himself. And that is where we are standing here today as we are sitting. Uh, don't, don't think that you are some solid Jew. No, you're not. You're spiritually a seed of Abraham. Uh, when you accept Jesus in, as your Savior and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life, you become a spiritual seed of Abraham unless you violate that by a carnal lifestyle. And so this is important for us to understand whether it's God's own people, the Jews, literal Jews, or you and I Gentiles. Uh, we are grafted into a branch and to a spirit and to a vine that goes all the way back to God. And we cannot take it for granted. Uh, we cannot bring our gentle, Gentile mentality into the church and hope that we can be accepted by God. There's a principle God operates by, and I'm getting into that in a little bit here, but God expects his people to ad adopt to his methods of worship. And so what happened in, in John, the fourth chapter, and uh, I want us to turn there just for a moment, if you have your Bibles with you, and I'm sure you do. In John, the uh, Gospel of John, uh, the fourth chapter, was it fourth, fourth or fifth chapter? Uh, fourth chapter of John, when Jesus had this encounter with this woman. And she made a statement. She says, our fathers, verse 20, uh, the woman said unto her, uh, after he told her some things that were personal, then she realized he was a prophet. Uh, he told her some things that nobody knew and he could not have known. Uh, about her personal life. 
And she knew he was a prophet. In verse 40, she says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, the word worship is a very serious word because it's not warship. It's worship. It's not intended, worship is not intended for you and I, especially us in the Pentecostal circles, for us to get goosebumps and for us to have a jolly good time. No, worship is, is supposed to be directed to the Father, to God. It's supposed to be solemn. God is a mighty king, the Bible tells us. He is one with majesty. And when we come into his sanctuary, some weeks ago I said, uh, the scripture tells us we must reverence his sanctuary. Well, you know, Gentiles, we can come on in and bring some uh, customs from the past. And this is important as you follow me here today. Last night we mentioned about golden calves. And uh, golden calves can follow us. And uh, when I reflect on that last night, I mentioned that uh, when Israel came out of Egypt, they spent a long time in Egypt until they had citizenship in Egypt. And when they were coming out of Egypt, uh, Egypt, they did that in one day. Might have been just one single day for all the tribes, all these individuals that were in captivity in the land of Egypt to uh, be delivered out physically from the land of Egypt and enter into the wilderness. <clears throat> the types and shadows uh, that we can refer to, Israel coming out of Egypt is like you and I coming out of the world of sin and evil. When we come out of the world of sin and evil, we have to wait until God sanctifies us from the spirit and mentality of this evil world. While Israel came out after spending hundreds of years in a foreign land that God did not ordain for them to stay in. See, God's plan was that Abraham inherit the land of Canaan. He and his descendants inherit the land of Canaan. But God's people have a tendency to be sidetracked and distracted from God's true purpose. We have a tendency. Right now we've got COVID-19. COVID-19 give every, every vacillating child of God a reason to lock themselves in a house and stay away from church. COVID-19 gives the devil a break. He doesn't get blamed for some of our, our inconsistencies and our incompetence, he does not get blamed during this time. He blamed the disease. You see, mankind from the Garden of Eden had a tendency to blame somebody. When God told them not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they ate, and God came on in, the Lord uh, came on into the garden and said to Adam, why did you eat? Well, um, <clears throat> mankind, the first person to ever pass the buck to someone else was Adam. Well, after you sin, you learn to make excuses. And so the first thing he did, he turned and says, God, you give me a woman. 
and she caused me to eat. And God turned to the woman and he says, why did you eat of the fruit that I commanded you not to eat? Not that there wasn't a lot of fruits. The whole garden was full of fruits. But you see, God had a plan. That's why the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was smack dab in the middle of the garden. See, God creates for us to become overcomers. We need the necessary trials. We need the necessary negative and positive opportunities given to us so that we, in spite of the odds, can obey God. Are you all here? Okay. Don't let the mask prevent your mouth from saying amen. All right. <clears throat> I know. Uh, the mask is symbolic. The Lord has really done a lot of masks, and a lot of people are masked up. And it's something else. You don't want to hear my other side of that. But when Eve was approached, and she, God says, why did you do it? She turned across and blamed the devil. She said, the serpent made me do it. Now, I'm telling you here today, the devil can make you do nothing against your will. The devil plays on our emotions. He plays on our lust. He plays on our carnal desires. He works on the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are three areas that he basically works on to get you to obey him. His job is to tempt us. His job is to endeavor to destroy us. And that is why it was no problem when God told Job, he says, uh, told the devil, he says, have you tried my servant Job? God knew he tried him. But God turned to the devil, he says, have you tried my servant Job? And the devil said, yes, I did, but you hedged him around. That's why he's not yielding to my temptations. He says, will you take away the hedge that you got around him and he will curse you to your face. And God says, okay, Job is a man. He is an upright man, one that feared God and assured evil. He is a perfect and upright man in the land. So go ahead now. You go, I'll remove the hedge around him. Do not touch his life. Do not destroy his life. We're coming back to John in a minute here. And so the devil went and he did. He took all Job's possession overnight. Think about it. If your bank account, if the money market goes under and all your couple dollars in the bank vanishes overnight, what would you think? Well, I blame the government. No, no, don't blame the government. Let me tell you something. Everything that happens to us on this planet, God has allowed and permitted. And if God did not control this world, the good and the evil, the evil would conquer the entire world. But evil goes so far and no further. The Tower of Babel could be built only so far and no further. God has a way of stagnating evil, not only in the world, but in the church, in a community, and in the lives of his people. Otherwise, we'd be led with the flesh. We'll, be caught, we'll let our lust make dictates for us. And so, uh, when you really think about it, the Lord turned now and said to Eve, he says, what did you do? And Eve said, the serpent. And he turned to the serpent. And he didn't ask him why he did it, 
because God knew that was his job to do. And so the serpent was given dust. A curse was placed on that old serpent called Satan and the devil. A curse was placed on him. And the Lord says, he says, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, we, that's a big lesson that we can get into because God had already told man, dust thou art, and unto dust thou wilt return. And then he turned to the serpent and says, dust shalt thou eat. Now, I don't know of a single snake that eats dust. But dust was man's fallen nature. Dust was the human mind and the human carnal mind because dust... Adam was, and unto dust shall he return. So the devil has a right. And when God sent him to Job, uh, the devil discovered that he could not sway Job. The devil did not realize that in the process of taking away what Job had and putting boils on his body, he was doing what God wanted to be done. Because that process was to make Job a better man. When it was all over. The process. When God told Peter. He says Satan desired. That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Now Jesus said I prayed for you. That your faith fails not. Wonder what Jesus had in mind. Did he go to the father and says. Father uh, avoid the devil touching Peter. Or did he say Father. In the midst of Peter's being, Peter being sifted by the devil, give him the strength and faith to survive the sifting so only the chaff would be gone, but the pure grain would be left. See, the Lord does not take away your cross. He gives you crosses to carry. And you can complain all you want about the cross, but you have to carry the cross. It's a process. And so Adam and Eve had a problem there in the garden and we're looking at the works of the devil all the way down through the years coming all the way down to our time. And so as we think about what's happening in our day, this COVID disaster that's going on, every negative situation in the world is given to a saint of God, is given to you the opportunity to in the midst of the storm to still serve God. In the midst of the negative, to still serve God. This pandemic is meant to judge with the wrath of God on the ungodly, but try the saints of God during this period of time. And today I came and I had a lesson in mind and I'll retain myself from getting into that. But the pandemic was given to bring to the surface some of our immaturity in our life. Did this pandemic allow you the opportunity to watch more television than you watched before? Did this pandemic give you an opportunity to sit down and waste the life, your life more than you did before? Did this pandemic draw you closer to God or drove you or motivate you to have more faith in God? Did this pandemic put a fear in your life that you don't believe God is in control anymore, but the devil is in control? Shall I walk around every day 
If I have to go to the store, I go to the store. And every day I go to the store, I never wear a mask until they ask me to wear one. When it becomes mandatory, I wear one because I have a problem breathing normally. But it's mandatory, so I put one on to prevent me getting COVID-19. No, to walk in line with the principles of our health department and to blend and cooperate with that system. I walk in there, expect God to protect me. I expect the hand of God to rest over my life. I'm not an illiterate person now to sit here and say, COVID will rebuke you. No, you leave that for people without zeal, that have zeal without knowledge. COVID was necessary. This pandemic was necessary. And every judgment that follows it is necessary. Because the negatives are necessary to give the child of God an opportunity to serve God. That is why we're here today. We're here today to serve God better than we did before. If not, you need to examine yourself. You see, I look at church today, and today is Sunday, and I'm sure every one of us did extra shift yesterday, and that is why at 10.30, at 9.30, this church was still empty here today, even though it was just half an hour before church. What time you came here, Brother Singh? One hour before. Now, I know you got a mask on, but I can say the cat bite your tongue. Because we need to not lose faith in God. You need to examine your life before COVID started and find out where you fail God, that we fail God so much that the judgment of God did not come on him. And God has been good with us in this area. God has been good to us, this assembly, in this location, in this province. There's a thunderstorm coming in, severe thunderstorm coming to strike this region this afternoon. Hey, Brother Singh, are you afraid? Well, I'll close my umbrella. That's on the outside. But nothing can happen to us that God has not permitted to happen to us. If a negative occurs in my life, it's because I fail God somewhere and I need to straighten up my act and get my act together. And so when you think about it, I need to eliminate from my life everything that traces back to the past. And so when we think about where Israel was coming from in the past, Israel came out of Egypt in one day, but Egypt stayed in their hearts. God gave them Ten Commandments in Exodus, the 20th chapter. But it did not control what was in their heart. I can tell you in this church, you need to dress decent, put a white shirt on, brothers, a necktie on, and proper suits, and sisters, wear a modest dress. But the heart must be changed. Because God is not judging the white shirt that's man's principles. God will judge the conditions of the heart. And when Israel came out of Egypt in one day, the pagan concepts that resided in Egypt followed them in the wilderness. 
That is why today we need to examine some of these things. And as I am on the internet and brothers are listening to me around the world, there might be, I don't care who is listening or whoever is listening, I preach a simple gospel and it remains the same. I'm here today because when I'm thinking of Moses going up again to get additional laws and principles for God's people and additional direction from God's people, he spent a longer time. It was not Ten Commandments anymore, but he spent a longer time up in the mountain and the people came to Aaron. And they said to Aaron, they said, uh, this man has gone up. They call him this man. I have people in my church tell me, you people. When somebody tells me they're a part of the church and they're describing us as the staff and elders, you people, that's a backslider. When you isolate yourself from us, you're a backslider. We got to pray for you and hope that you stay. Last night I had Brother Joe up here and I made this man a target for the devil. Now he's got to hold his guard because every time I boasted in a man, they backslid. So why do you boast? I will continue to do that because I want men that are tried and come through with all victory and as champions out of the trial. We need the devil. We need the trials. We need the testings. And so Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days, maybe uh, approximately. And Joshua, the only man that waited at the foot of the mountain for Moses to come down. And the people there, when Moses was gone, their hearts was led astray. And they said to Joshua, we don't, uh, to Aaron, we don't know what happened to that man. What become, what, what become of him? We need to worship some gods. So Belus, a golden calf. And Aaron looked at the people. Now I'm not talking today. I'm not just talking about Israel. I'm talking about us. Because we are coming out of all kinds of stuff. I often ask myself, where did we get the chanting where we sing one chorus in the church 40 times? I know the Catholics do that. I know the Hindus do that. I know pagan customs do that. Why are we doing that? When well, we're singing to Jesus, I don't care who we're singing to. Why are we doing that? I would like to find out where we got our customs from. While we dance in our worship, that's the problem. We're coming back to the word worship in a minute. But where did we get the dancing from? And so when Moses came down from the mountain and he met Joshua, Joshua said, there's a war in the camp. Why? Why did Joshua conclude there was a war? Because there were hollering. There were screaming. There were shouting. And Joshua, not as matured as Moses was, he said there were, there is war in the camp. And Moses said, son, my own words, 
He said, there's not war in the camp. They're not being overcome by the enemy. He says, there is singing and dancing in the camp. And the loud noise you hear is coming from a pagan celebration. Because Aaron asked them to break off their earrings and get their jewelry together and put them together to build a golden calf. Egypt was still in their hearts. And we have said a lot of times, and I'm to get back on this subject, that we are out of Babylon. Praise the Lord, you know, I'm out of Babylon. Well, what is Babylon? Why didn't the early church preach to come out of Babylon? Well, the scripture does say in Revelation 18, for what chapter? 18. Where is that? Trumpet sounded. Vials poured out. Seals already dealt with. As you come to the end, just prior to the fall of Babylon and the collapse of commerce and religion and political civil government, the Lord tells his people to come out. See, I can say here today that we are out of Babylon. Are we out? My job is to save this church from the world. Babylon encompasses the world with its ungodly habits and customs and entertainment and whatever else goes on out there. And you know what? Most of us are infected one way or the other with Babylon. And very close in the near future, unless we come out of her, what did the Lord said in Revelation 18, 4? He says, come out of her, my people. Be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. What is COVID-19? Think about it. Why is the sun so hot that it's smiting mankind? Why there are forest fires that's gutting away our forest trees? Forests? Why are the seas polluted? Why is there an unprecedented desire to have clean water to drink? That's a lot of time. Nadine is showing me 10 minutes. I got that's a lot of time. You understand what I'm saying? Why is all of this going on? Why is COVID-19? Well, you know, not a pandemic. I need, an, uh, I need an inoculation. You know what you need? You need an, we need an inoculation from the Holy Ghost that will prevent all the diseases. We need God to touch our minds. We need the disease not to cleave onto us like it does to the ungodly. If we partake of our sins when he judges that nation, we'll be included in the judgment. Come on, it's time to be serious. It's a serious time. Well, you know, before you know it, the borders would be open. Listen, COVID ain't going away in a hurry. Bottom is gone, it's going to come back. And when they run from the snare, they will fall in the pit. And it is sad when John saw this world wandering after the beast. They're just wandering. Uh, they were all there. It was given unto the beast to make war with God's people. 
and to overcome God's people. My job is to preach a gospel to liberate God's people from the system before it overcomes us totally and we follow the beast like a bunch of blinded individuals following after a system. We need a sanctification. We need a cleansing. We need a purging. The church needs to be cleansed. The flood, I said last night, is in the ark. Everybody say that in this church. The flood is in the ark. Guess who makes up the ark? You and I. We are lively stones put together. Some of us are more lively than others. Some are almost dead. That's why Paul told the church at Ephesus, he says, Awake thou sleepless and arise from the dead. But I can create. You see, we live in an age where a lot of the shows on television is zombies. There's a show called Night of the Living Dead. I wonder when God look at our church, if he gives us a name, Church of the Living Dead. Because if we are partaking of our sins, we may be already dead and don't know it. And so we glory in our music, and we glory in the dance, and we make the noise, and like the children of Israel, we shout and holler and hope and pretend God is there. When they're about to receive the judgment of God. Moses was not a hard man. As a matter of fact, God said to Moses, he says, move aside Moses and I'll destroy this people. And Moses says, please don't do that. The Egyptians would say, you just brought them into the wilderness to kill them. Man's heart was with the people. My heart is with this congregation. I'm not a dictator. I won't force you to do whatever. You've got to fall on the rock. I'm not going to take your cross away. I'll pray that God gives you the grace to carry on. When you come to me and ask me to prayer, I'll pray, oh God, if this disease that's on this life is meant from you for, 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 for them to be saved because it's coming from you as a chastening, keep it, oh God. But give them that heart to change and eyes to perceive what you're doing in their lives. We've got a lot of things to pray about. Do you know that that golden calf spirit exists, existed years after when Jeroboam thought he could build a calf? Now, short story. How much minutes I got left? See, in Genesis, Jacob was running after he was blessed. Using subtlety, he was running away and trying to get a life. And he, met, he went to the place where he had a dream. He made a bed one night. He had a dream. I'm trying to cut it now. And he dreamt there was a ladder going up into heaven. Angels ascending and descending. When it was all over, God spoke to, to, to Jacob and changed his name from Jacob the supplanter or the trickster to prince with God. 
And Jacob when he got up, he says, oh my God, I didn't know. I just saw this rock and I sat down here and I thought it was an ordinary place, but it's a terrible place. But it's none other than the house of God and the gate to heaven. I will call it Bethel. God was at Bethel. Years after, Jeroboam felt like if he put two golden calves at Bethel, God would still be there. God does not stay in a location forever. Are you listening to me? Not because something works for God one time, and we got to go back there and see it all the time. No, sir, not me. I've got to make sure God is there before I even go visit the site. Brother saying, well, you're just a hard man. Guess what? Uh, I'm not really that hard. I'm very soft sometimes. I cry a lot. But I preach a gospel that God wants me to preach. Amen. And so God might be at a location one time, but God might move on. The devil bringing, uh, we, we coming out from Egypt needs to be cleansed. And I have a lesson on that that I'll deal with some other time. But here we are uh, in church today. And so we are here and we have this worship today. Slow song, medium song, fast song. Then we get a slow song so we can put our minds on God. And so Jesus said to this woman in John chapter 4. Am I not good? Get back to the original scripture. Most of the time I leave them and just move ahead. And so Jesus said to this woman, he says, you, you, you worship, you know not what. It's easy to point your hands and tell somebody you worship, you know not what. Well, if your worship is undermined by pagan customs and pagan traditions, you worship, you know not what. Worship is reverence to God. It's not intended to give you goosebumps and make you tremble and fall down and all this kinds of nonsense. Worship should be done with solemnness, with majesty. Is there a time for rejoicing, brother? Saying, sure there is. But don't mix it up. When we come before the Lord, Jesus said to the woman, he says, you worship, you know not what. He says, we know what we worship. He says, we know the worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. At that time, God has moved on. You see, we could say what Jesus said and everybody want to be a Jew. No, 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 no. Salvation was of the Jews. This is before they rejected Jesus and crucified him. And the Lord turned to the Gentiles to take out from them a people for his name. God will still save his people, but right now, you and I Gentiles need to get our act together. Amen? Amen. And Jesus uh, went on, he says, the hour cometh, and now is when true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers. True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, not carnal spirit, not demonic spirit, because if that worship is made up of the flesh, the Spirit of God departs and demons come on in and take it over. If your worship has more flesh inside and all you do is motivate the flesh, demons take it over for the flesh cannot please God. So we need to ask God to guide us. God is his spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. 
And when that worship is done with the right spirit and in the spirit with man's spirit and with God's spirit, then truth follows that and your heart is already prepared and lives would be changed. The reason why lives are not easily changed is because we've missed God in the worship. So we need to get to the place where we worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus said the hour cometh and now is. It's not tomorrow, my friends. We need to examine our worship and examine our lives and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. There is a way to come to church. Don't rush in. Follow your pastor's example, even though you might think he's an idiot sometimes. I'm here early. Follow my example. Take my ways which be in Christ, otherwise you might be lost and don't even realize it. I have some bad, some bad ways that I don't want you to follow. You would never even know them. But follow my ways which be in Christ and God will bless you. It's good talking to you today. May God bless us. May this lesson reach on in to change our lives. One of the best comments you can put on the internet is brother saying, I am going to change. Best comment. Not I'm here and I'm there and you're here and I'm there and you quote some scripture. No, the best comment you can put at the end of this message on the internet is I am going to change, Brother Singh, pray for me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another day in your house. We thank you for your word. We know that you are a spirit, Father, and you're seeking such to worship you. You're seeking for true worshipers. Help us not to fail. Oh God, in this wonderful grace that you have given to us, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Help us to remove from our lives all the sins of Babylon, that we be not partakers of our sins and we receive not of our plagues. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. We have church on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm.